Friends, how's everybody doing this morning? Hopefully you're doing reasonably well. <clears throat> and uh, we're comparing temperatures between Maine and Florida this morning. Maine this afternoon will be in the mid-30s, not, not a lot warmer, a few degrees warmer, I think, 38, 39 degrees. We will never reach 72 here, not today, so enjoy that warmth. As you're being warmed on the outside, may your soul be warmed on the inside as well. <clears throat> Sorry about the little froggies I've got going on here uh, this morning. I'm going to clear my throat just real fast one more time. And uh, there we go. That's a little bit better. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, yesterday, we outlined the fact that chapters 12, 13, and 14 really should be taken as a package. 
oftentimes people will look at chapter 12 and talk about the spiritual gifts. They'll look at chapter 13 and talk about love and then completely forget about chapter 14. But really, chapters 12, 13, and 14 are taken, should be taken as a package together, talking about the exercise of spiritual gifts in the in the in the local church and in the broader church, I mean, the fact is, some people say, "Well, I'm a part of the uh, of the broader body of Christ. I don't need to be a part of the local church." Well, if you're not part of a local church, then how are you a part of any church? Well, you know, I I I do my own thing. Well, really, First Corinthians twelve makes it clear, in my very humble opinion, that uh, we are called to be an active part of the body of Christ. Now, there are some people who say, "Well, I go to lots of different churches." But are you actually engaged and involved and, and, and functioning and utilizing your gifts in any of them? Uh, I, I really think that, that 1 Corinthians 12 gives a, a good rationale for involvement and engagement in the life of the local church. Now, certainly, we can exercise our spiritual gifts beyond a local church and into the broader body of Christ now, that is my ministry in particular right now. In some ways, I feel like a man without, I mean, you're my home, um, but without a home because I'm all over the place. And uh, last week I was in Dexter. This week I'll be in Millinocket and uh, looking forward to a lunch today with our own Jake Ojala. Looking very much forward to that. And because uh, I, I just don't quite have the same local uh, engagement and, and I feel it. But yet, in my particular instance, I, I can point to how God is using my spiritual gifts in the broader kingdom. But other people who maybe don't have a ministry like mine and say, well, I, I'm involved in the broader body of Christ and not anywhere in particular, I would press on them and say, but, but how are your gifts being utilized in the kingdom of God. Now, they might say, well, you know what? We, we take food to people on a regular basis. Okay, praise God. That, that's good. That, that's a good start. It's a good answer. Uh, we go and, and minister to homeless people. That's a good answer. Then, then you're serving the broader kingdom. But many people who say that, you know, they're, they just, they belong to the broader church and they're not part of any particular local church. That's just cover for for being a maverick. That's just cover for doing their own thing. That's just cover for not wanting to have any accountability. And uh, I think First Corinthians twelve, as we get into it, makes it very, very, very clear that absolutely every single believer is to be engaged in a local church. Now, the other thing I want to say, I don't want to be remiss and not say this, is the fact that. I know people get hurt in local churches. I know it. Uh, I've probably done it. Unfortunately, I, I I would say that I've I've probably wounded people along the way. If you've been a part of a local church, maybe you have too. It, it does happen. I don't want to say that that doesn't happen. Uh, and and I there's been a lot of for as much good as there's been done by local churches. Sometimes there's been as much harm done as well. Uh, and we need to take corrective measure to make sure that we're being the proper reflection of the love of Christ to the world around us. And we need to learn better how to function as a body of Christ. There, now, there are some churches, and I would point to an example like Central Church uh, or the Rock Church up in Bangor, 
uh, that, that have done a phenomenal job of taking new people and getting them worked into ministry rather quickly. Uh, we, we were moving toward that, uh, prior to COVID and, uh, then, then the wheels kind of came off. Uh, and those are two churches that I point to. And there, I'm sure there are other examples and smaller churches that could be an example of getting people engaged rather quickly. But I would say that's the work of, of, of elders. Uh, to figure out how do we get people or, or a team of people whose role is to get people plugged into ministries and uh, uh, to help them figure out where they fit into the body of Christ. Now, let's get into the text and see what the text has to say. We did look at some of this yesterday. Uh, we'll get through as much of it as we can today. Now, dear brothers and sisters, this is the New Living Translation. Uh, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Uh, you know that when you're still, when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. We talked a little bit about idols yesterday. So I want you to know that no one is speaking, that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge or insight, perhaps, into the scripture might be another way to put that. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. One spirit gives a gift of healing. And that gift of healing can can look like the the gift of being able to bring comfort and healing to a soul just as well as healing to, to the body. Let's continue in this little section here. Verse 10 says, He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another person the ability to prophesy. Uh, He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, this this section of scripture provides a little litany of some of the gifts, and, and yesterday I provided a chart for you that uh, that outlined, uh, chronicled twenty plus of the gifts that are found in this passage: Romans chapter twelve, uh, Ephesians chapter five, uh, Ephesians chapter four, uh, and. Uh, Others would go further and go back to the Old Testament, gifts of craftsmanship or gifts of music and things like that. The fact is, it is the Holy Spirit who gives spiritual gifts. Now, I could spend a little bit of time and discuss that there is a difference between natural abilities and spiritual gifts. There are people who have a natural ability as a teacher to be able to expound um, truths like mathematics or English, or reading, or science, and they're very good in the classroom, but they do not have the spiritual gift 
of teaching the scriptures. They, they cannot make sense of it. So just because a person is talented or skilled as a teacher in earthly things does not necessarily mean that they are also going to be spiritually equipped to be able to to give spiritual insight into the scriptures. That is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives. It's a gift that, that I have. Don't ask me to explain science. Uh, don't ask me to especially to explain mathematics and algebra and statistics and all of those. Yes, yes, I know I can hold my own to a certain degree in some of those areas, but being able to explain the scriptures is a gift that the Holy Spirit is, is given to me. And I think all of you would concur with that. Uh, so there are natural talents, but then there are spiritual gifts. Verse 11 says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides what each, uh, which gift each person should have. So I just want to conclude this little section to say the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts. Now, I said yesterday, and I'll reiterate today, that sometimes he gives uh, one gift. Sometimes, more often, though, he gives a package of gifts. It's giftings in a realm. Now, it is not my intent in this broadcast to discuss the, the plausibility and the feasibility of you know, all of the gifts, some would say, what about miracles? That's not for today. What about prophecy? That's not for today. And uh, it is not my intent to go down that rabbit hole very far today, other than the little bit that I went yesterday. Uh, there are there are some who hold to what is called a cessationist view. And this, this is probably as much as I will say about this. The cessationist view is, is the view that... Uh, you know, some of these gifts have ceased, and they base that off a verse in 1 Corinthians 13 uh, that may or may not have application for right now. And we'll look at that uh, when we get to 1 Corinthians 13. There are others who say all the gifts are for, day, for today, and, and many who, who seek out fresh prophecies, and, and, and many people who are students of the Bible who would, who would say, and, and I would concur with this, we must always give... Uh, caution when people are always chasing after fresh prophecy. God has given us 1,189 chapters in the Bible, and the question that we need to ask ourselves is, what are we doing with the prophecy that he has made clear in black and white in print that he has uh, canonized and preserved since it was written and canonized, you know, 1,500, 1,800 years ago, uh, into what we now have as the Bible, and it's lasted this, I'll just say, broader 2,000 years, uh, we should hold on to that. We should run to that place first rather than, and there are groups who always are running after new prophecy. The Lord gave me a prophecy about you. And I have seen people who are very abusive with with that type of a language. And I'm I'm going to stop short of saying that I don't think any of that can come today. I I do think personally some of that can come today, but but I do raise the caution flag, at least the yellow flag, if if not moving toward the red flag. That when when you're around people or around a person who is always talking about fresh prophecy and always seeking that out, that, that is definitely a caution flag, uh, and, and so that that leads us to the third view of. Uh, open but cautious. I would admonish people, go to the scriptures first. 
Now, I do know uh, places in the world where God does work through miracles in ways that, that we do not see in the United States or in the West. We have the scriptures, but in places where they do not have Bibles, God still, and we get these stories from missionaries who go to the field who maintain what is called a cessationist view that the gifts will cease, and then they see God at work in in ways and in places uh, because it, it is to substantiate the validity of the gospel message. I mean, friends, when we have people who do not speak any English at all and we think we're going to take them a King James Bible and help them, uh, it's not even making any sense to to them at all. Uh, God will still, I believe, work through miracles and work through healings. But where we have the entirety of the Bible, I I think we will see less of that. God isn't going to heal everybody. In fact, uh, the church I was in on Sunday, one of their pastors is away doing, I think he's in Mexico, uh, doing uh, relief work with Samaritan's Purse. He's a chaplain with Samaritan's Purse because of the hurricane that took place down there. And he said there are dozens of people coming to faith in Christ through the crisis and through the suffering that they're going through. Sometimes God will use suffering to grow us or even to draw us to Christ. So, again, three views, cessationist view, some of the sign gifts, all the sign gifts and the miracle gifts have ceased. The uh, the open view, they're all in effect for today Then the open but cautious view uh, would would state that, you know, God may use some of those, uh, but let's lean into the Bible all the way and uh, go there first. Now, let's continue on in the passage and see what else is said. Uh, one body with many members. The human body has many parts, but the parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. I'll move the text on the screen. How how strange a body would it be if we only had one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts that we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts that do not require this, while the more honorable parts that do not require this special care. Uh, So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad with it. Uh, All of you together are Christ's body. Each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. 
First, our apostles. Second, our prophets. Now, some would wonder if he's giving a priority, sense of priority here. Um, third are teachers. Then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are all apostles, and it's rhetorical, expecting the answer, no. Are all prophets, again, no. Are all teachers, no. Do all have the power to do miracles, no. Do we all have the gift of healing, no. Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages, no. Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages, of course not. So, you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that's best for all. And I, I like the way this puts this, the most helpful gifts. I want to put this uh, into a few of the other translations and see how it lands. Here is the NIV 84 uh, in the final verse, but eager desire the greater gifts. Now, some would say lesser. Some would, you know, does that mean that there's a prioritization of the gifts? And this will then lead to what Paul will go into in chapter 13 that we'll look at tomorrow uh, to to understand it. Uh, we read this in the ESV. Last verse says, earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. I really like what it does in the NLT. Uh, now, it doesn't matter whether I like it or not. What What's the more uh, plausible translation or the more plausible implication for us an application desire the most helpful gifts and i i think i think that is a, a good landing on this because we want to end up helping each other in the body of christ to be all that it is that god has called us to be so whatever helps you know there are times what when a mouth like me is not helpful now i've learned how to be with people in suffering and to Um, keep my mouth closed, to sigh, to just be there, to look them in the eye, to hold their hands, uh, to, to, to pray very brief prayers, uh, to not say things like, it'll be okay. Because when someone is going through a crisis, like families around us today here in Maine are going through crisis, uh, what can you say? Uh, especially with any that's aware of the news here locally, uh, would, would know. I mean, you can't say, well, I, I, I relate. So few of us could ever say to to those families that, that I relate. And uh, so learning. Uh, sometimes the, the gift that is needed most is a gift of help. Sometimes the gift that is needed most is a gift of hand showing up to rake leaves. Sometimes the gift that is needed most of all is a meal that is simply cooked and, and taken and dropped off and a hug given and you leave. Sometimes that's what is needed. Uh, sometimes leadership is needed. Sometimes management is needed. There, there are all kinds of different implications and applications of, of, of the giftings that we have. And so we each find our role and we each do our part in the local body of Christ. Some of you, your gift is a gift of giving. Some of you have a gift of faith. Uh, some of you have a gift of spiritual insight. Uh, some of you have a, a gift of helps. Uh, some of you have gifts of organizational skills that are just monster skills. 
you know, but to ask yourself, uh, some of you have the gift of prayer. Uh, what is your part in the body of Christ? Now, there, there are, there's a variety of spiritual gifts that you can take. You can go on to Google and you can Google, just simply say spiritual gifts analysis. And there are free ones you can take. Uh, we like to use one called uniquely you. Let me see if I can real quick pull up, uh, pull up a copy of that, uh, to look at, uh, And you can you can get this online. You don't have to go through the church. And uh, let me see if I can get into this. I think I can if I just type my. Well, right, let me go to products. I will drag this over and put it on the screen so you can see it. Uh, and I will I will just show you a little bit here, uh, real briefly. Uh, uniquely you, and you can see it. You, you spell the word uniquely you, and uh, backslash, and this, this is my advertisement for them today. Uh, let's find the best assessment for you, and, and you can see down here, uh, spiritual gifts plus the disc. This is the one we most like, uh, most often like to use uh, because it can it, it uh, appeals. It considers both your spiritual gifts uh, and your disc profile. Disc is a personality profile. It, it, it's an assessment of both. And then takes both and puts them together and. Uh, uh, helps you understand. Then, then you go a little further. It says combining seven spiritual gifts and four personality types because there are some groups that, that really, really restrict the uh, how many spiritual gifts there, there may be. Um, there's a summarized version. Then the expanded version, which which you notice the price, $30, it gives you a lot more insight into the gifts, a lot more insight into the personality, and then a lot more of direct insight into yourself. You go further, there's nine spiritual gifts. Let me go down here. There are 16. This is the one we most frequently use uh, because it, it, it's it's kind of in the middle there. We, we don't uh, look a lot for the sign gifts in, in the background that, that I'm a part of. Uh, combining 23 spiritual gifts, uh, and they're, they're all the same price. Uh, if you come from a background that there, there's some that go to 14. I mean, it's very interesting, the numbers. Uh, and then there's the Spanish version for, for Pastor Jacob, uh, that, that can be used as well. But that's something you can go to. You can see the address here, uniquelyu.org. Uh, and that would get you over to the uh, over to that uh, that tool, that resource that that you can use to to go a little bit further in understanding your own spiritual gifts and in understanding your personality and how the two come together. We we actually have a class that we had gotten into the, the sequence of doing about once a year. We would take a group of people, and for a few years it was. Groups of about 30 people that would go through this assessment uh, at one time. And uh, I would encourage you, uh, if you have not done this, it is a great tool to go back and use. 
uh, you can go hit, hit up your your pastor and say, hey, pastor, what about, do we have something in our church that we use? Because you might be in a church in Florida, you might be in a church in Virginia, you might be in a church in uh, in Lancaster, and uh, you might be in a church in, in Belmont, Maine, uh, or Moral, Maine, and say, what do we use? And this is the one that I would recommend. Uh, I've used it for, I don't know. 25 years at least or longer. Great tool, great resource that would help you discover your spiritual gifts. And even if you don't know your gifts, to say, to be able to say, this is what I do in the life of my church. What is it that you do? Now, you know, as we get older, sometimes we're more limited in the things we might be able to do. You can pray. Uh, I've, I've ministered to people over the years in nursing homes and say, well, I, I really can't do much for my church in some of the people who were still pretty sharp mentally, but physically were incapacitated, I'd say, but you can pray. And they became prayer warriors and uh, prayed for me and prayed for our church and prayed for other churches and, and, and became people who I would go and they would talk to me about things they were praying about. And they really became prayer warriors. So there's always a way for you to plug in regardless of age or circumstance. Lord, help us each to know our part in the body of Christ. Help us to know the gifts that you've given us. Help us to understand our personality mix uh, and to go to work serving you in, in the local body of Christ, wherever we live, but then also serving in the broader body of Christ. Uh, that, that the kingdom of Christ would be built up and the name of Christ would be made all the more famous. Lord, keep us from the missteps that... Uh, bring denigration to your name, help us to take steps that bring you nothing but glory and honor. And as is being said in the uh, in the comments, we do pray for those locally uh, who are impacted and uh, by the tragedies of yesterday, people within our own church uh, more directly impacted uh, things that people may or may not be aware of. So, Lord, we, we do pray for those uh, in, the, in the tremendous grief uh, of what took place here in uh, not that far from from where I sit today. So pray, we pray for them, bring bring comfort to those families in this time of incredible grief. Uh, all the kids, uh, grandkids, parents, grandparents, uh, uh, extended family members, Lord, bring them comfort. And Lord, we pray also for Israel uh, and the, the the region, the Palestinian regions in Israel. We pray for the entire Middle East and, and the powder keg that it is. We pray for Ukraine. Lord, would you protect innocent people and cause many to, to find faith in Christ because of the imminent threats that surround them every day. Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, have a great day. I will see you again tomorrow.